Am I early? Maybe a little bit. Um, I hope you guys are with me. I don't think this is the week we are supposed to change the clocks, but who knows? It depends where you are, I guess. Happy uh, eclipse. We are still under the influence of the eclipse and it was officially about 12 hours ago. Sorry, 24 hours ago. But we are still experiencing that push. It's almost as if yesterday when the universe pushed us, now we're still in the inertia of the push being smashed onto the opposite side. Depends where you were pushed into. But anyway, a happy Halloween week. This week is is intense. Uh, right now on Sunday and Monday, I was just doing this uh, little thing for you guys, kind of a condensed uh, next week uh, appearances from uh, the guest stars above. So I kind of went over it. So I have my little notes here. So we're not. We're definitely going to go day by day to check to see what's going on. But in general, this week is intense. So we had the eclipse season from October 14 to the 28. That was officially done yesterday. But again, the eclipses are usually three days, a day before the full moon, if it's a lunar eclipse, the day of the full moon and the day after the full moon, which is today. It's um, dealing with the ramification. You know, it's almost like yesterday night we went drinking too much. So, yeah, the party is over. But the day after we have the hangover. So the same way the party continues in a sense uh, today. But it's the anti-party, you can call it. Because what I've looked at uh, the chart and we're going to check it out in a second about six planet, which is 60 percent of uh, our heavenly bodies around us, at least in our environment, are in opposition, are clashing, are fighting, are uh, reflecting to each other, are becoming enemies in a sense. So part of it is the full moon when the sun is opposite to the moon and it's on steroid because it is uh, an eclipse. And we have to remember, eclipse is not necessarily a bad thing. It got really bad rap because if you noticed, here I noticed it actually on the 14th when the eclipse was somewhat visible from California that the birds stopped tweeting. You know, I wish Adam Mask can be basically like that, stop tweet when there is eclipses. You know, so in general, it seems like nature is going through some kind of weirdness and some kind of adjustment during eclipses. But if you really think about what eclipse is uh, all about, the eclipses basically are a situation where you have the sun opposite to the moon, but they're perfectly aligned. They're perfectly linked in a sense. Um, so I'm just having some issues here uh, with... Um, Sorry. Yes, we're back on live. So what's 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 so special about the eclipse is that it is a full moon or if it's the case of the solar eclipse, it's the new moon, but it's a perfect alignment. Basically, in order for us to see the moon full, the sun's light need to reach the moon. And therefore, when you think about regular full moons, we have this is going to be the earth. We have the sun and the moon, and they're not perfectly uh, around it. It's more like this or like this. It's not like a perfect uh, line. They're not lining up perfect. They're just like a little bit off, which allows the sun uh, to be reflected by the moon. 
But what's happening on an eclipse, and that's the time where also the sun or the moon are eclipsed, is when the sun, the moon, and, and, and uh, planet Earth are in perfect alignment. So if my head is uh, the Earth, the sun and the full moon are perfectly aligned. That's why the Earth or the moon is blocking one of the heavenly bodies. But it's not necessarily a block. It's basically standing perfectly in line. So it's almost a symbol of perfect, I would say, coordination between the sun, the father, the masculine energy, action, movement, leadership, the moon, which is more like family, emotions, feelings, nurturing, receiving. Those two aspects are basically balanced and pulling us in the same force to different sides. So the eclipse doesn't have to be necessarily a bad thing. What the eclipse does, it quickens, it magnifies, it makes everything last even for longer, and it is extremely intense. That's why I could tell last week, remember we talked about Wednesday as a problematic day because the moon was on top of Chiron, moved into Aries. And if you noticed in the news, that's when Israel went uh, into one night entrance to Gaza. And then we talked about how if there is going to be anything going on with an invasion, it's going to probably happen during or ground uh, excursion is going to happen probably on the eclipse. And it did happen 12 hours before the eclipse. And it's not because they listen to our uh, podcast. It's because... they're part of this planet, that they're part of the same forces that put the moon and the sun where they are. They also put the soldiers um, where they need to be. So again, this is a very intense period, and this week continues this intensity. Two things are happening this week, which we're going to cover in a second, but they're the most important, let's say. One of them is the fact that we are dealing with the super opposition. The sun and the moon are still opposite to each other. Jupiter is aligned with the team of the moon, which is exalted now in Taurus. Um, we also have Uranus in that team, right? Because Uranus has been in Taurus in 2018 until 2026. And the opposite team is the Sun, Mars, and Mercury, which we talked about yesterday, last week, that in Saturday, Mars and Mercury are were conjunct, perfect conjunct. They're still in conjunction in Scorpio, which is much more intense, much more deep. Mars, Scorpio is ruled by Mars, the god of war. So we literally have 60% of our chart now kind of like pushing and pulling like a string. And that's why there's so much tension, building tension and wanting to release it. You know, it's almost like in music, you get to the point of dissonance and you're waiting for the moment when it's going to go into harmony, but then it dissonance again and then it dissonance again and then it dissonance again. And there is no resolution. There's no like the feeling of, the completion. That unfortunately doesn't happen. I mean, if you think about it, we're in Scorpio season and it's not necessarily the most harmonious uh, part of the year. It's not supposed to be. We had Libra for that. Now we have Mars to steer the pot a little bit and to make some storms. The other thing that's happening this week, which you mentioned last week, is the opposition of Venus with her higher octave or her higher self, Neptune. And when Venus is opposite to Neptune, There is a feeling that people that we put on the pedestal are now uh, not behaving in the way that we expected them to behave. It is a a period where there is a lot of deception, illusions, um, feeling like I'm drowning in emotions, dependency, codependency, escapism, especially around finance and around relationship, partnerships, or any kind of uh, collaborations you have with other people. So in this next week, every kind of one-on-one work, you have to be a little bit more careful. And also, 
to be very realistic about your expectations from people, not because everybody's out there to disappoint you, but A, we're in Scorpio, which is a paranoid season. B, uh, where it's very suspicious periods um, among people in general. And C, it's just a difficult time. It's uh, entering at your, enter at your own risk, you know, when we get into Scorpio season. We talked about it um, a few, uh, last week, and we're going to have to deal with it uh, throughout. And of course, there is some good things about it. We'll talk about Halloween in a second. I prepared some uh, stuff for you for Halloween. And uh, those are the main important things this week. Uh, definitely the Neptune opposite to uh, um, the Neptune opposite to Venus, but there's also some good news. Venus is also creating a beautiful trine to Uranus and also uh, to Pluto. Uh, so that's not bad. That's going to really help us because remember Venus now is in Virgo, even though she hates being in Virgo. She doesn't like to be dressed in nun clothes, right? Virgo is the hermit, the nun. Uh, she's all about service instead of going out and partying. Uh, she needs to wake up early and do yoga. That's the Venus in uh, Virgo. You know, she's trying to go through some detox. In other words, Venus is having a, a hangover, a really intense one. So she's not happy, but because she's in earth sign, and remember we talked about uh, Uranus being in Taurus earth sign, uh, Moon being in, Uran in uh, Taurus earth sign, uh, and Jupiter being in Taurus earth sign, and Pluto being in Capricorn earth sign, we have actually a beautiful trine this week that can help you make things happen, especially grounding things, taking your talents and making money of it, uh, taking ideas and, and manifesting them, uh, thinking about somebody and that person suddenly shows up. So it's very pragmatic, practical application of things that you need in life. Basically, 50% of our chart the next week is going to be in Earth sign. And therefore, when the moon is going to be in water sign, which is Thursday and Friday, um, Thursday and Friday, yeah, that's going to really be helpful because we're going to have the moon activate. And again, the way to look at the moon in general is that it's a pointer. So there are certain processes that might be happening with planets that take longer orbit or longer time to apply and to uh, diffuse any kind of aspects. The moon will represent the period where that is the most intense. So it's like saying... We are now in fall. Okay, fall, it can be sometimes a little bit warmer, a little bit colder. But when the moon will be the pointer of this is a period, this is a moment of fall. Maybe you're seeing tree, uh, trees shed. Maybe there is a, a thunder a storm suddenly. So the moon represents moment where we are aligned with whatever aspect is happening at that moment. So always the moon can give us trigger. It's not that the moon creates some things as much as she puts that feather on top of the camel that makes the camel uh, collapse. So those are the most important things. This week we'll go into it uh, right now. Look at what is going on uh, the next uh, few days. So today is the 29th. The moon, as we said, is in Taurus and she's in conjunct with Uranus and with Jupiter. It's kind of an interesting period because the moon in Taurus is exalted. So the moon likes to be in Taurus. She's happy to be in Taurus. She feels fulfilled there. Uh, anything to do with money, talent, self-worth, uh, anything to do with the five senses, luxury, pampering yourself, especially when the moon is on top of Jupiter. So if you isolate only that aspect and, and take it away from the crazy mega uh, aspects that are uh, the oppositions that are happening right now, the moon is actually not too bad. The moon is three degrees away from Jupiter and she's having a blessing of Jupiter. So this is a great day to spend with family, uh, to nurture yourself, to pamper yourself, like we said. 
said, go on a high, connect to Mother Nature as much as possible. Anything that can activate your five senses is great to do today. Uh, also, the moon is six degrees and applying, applying meaning that it's coming closer and closer and closer to Uranus, which is, you know, you don't want to be too close to Uranus because too close to Uranus is like being too close to an accident. It's never a good idea. Uranus is the awakener. It's like being close to your alarm clock all the time and the alarm clock is sounding a, a terrible sound. So a ring. So the idea is that the moon climbing closer to Uranus happens once a month. We have a loco day. And the local day is even stronger, or the day of madness, uh, which is actually happening today and tomorrow because we also have the sun, Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, and the moon in opposition. That's why I call today and tomorrow the day of the joker, the day of the fool. The joker laughs at you. Um, so we have the opposition of the sun and the moon, feeling like mother and father, genetic material from the father's side, genetic material from the mother's side are in opposition. We feel like we need to bridge, build, a br build bridges, build bridges, but we also find it very difficult because it's in Scorpio. Mercury is in Scorpio. Mercury doesn't want to talk in Scorpio. It's like Mercury is under interrogation. You have to really put the light in front of him and to really milk him out and, and Mercury will not speak the truth, not speak at all. He will not speak the, uh, the secrets, you know, because Mercury in Scorpio keeps his lips sealed. That's the whole thing about Mercury communicator being in Scorpio, which is a silent mute sign, which is also the sign of privacy and secrecy so and security. So again, especially today, if you look, Mars is 11 degrees uh, Scorpio and Mercury is 11 degrees Scorpio. So today is the day where your words can carry the most amount of uh, influence and you have the least amount of control over it. Now, it's not like your Mercury is in Gemini, like it's blabbering through. It's Mercury in Scorpio. You might not even notice that you say one word that can devastate somebody else. Or one person can say a sentence to you that will really transform your life. Okay? So it's not even that you can't take control over your communication because Mercury in Scorpio is uncontrollable. It basically will do whatever it wants. And most of the time, it will just want to keep silent. But because Mercury is on top of Mars, he's annoyed. Or Mars is annoyed by Mercury. So that's why communication, Mercury, can be a little bit deadly. Mars, because it's also in Scorpio, which is, again, the sign of transformation, magic, the occult. But if you're looking for research or if you're looking for investigation or you need to get a really good, um, let's say, resolution or solution for a problem, Mercury on top of Mars in Scorpio today is not a bad idea. And especially with the moon in Taurus, which is the moon of exaltation and being on top of Jupiter, which means Jupiter is dying to give you a gift, just don't know what to give you. You know, it almost already has the wrapping paper. It has all the, uh, the card that it wants to give you, but it's just asking what, what do you think you would want for your, uh, for your Scorpio day? So that's what we have today. So again, a lot of unpredictability, a lot of um, words that we might regret saying, words we regret not saying, you know, I don't know if you noticed what happened yesterday. I mean, most of you don't, and I don't think you should also. But we'll talk a little bit maybe on Bibi Netanyahu, the unfortunate leader of uh, Israel right now, and the fact that he was born on an eclipse, on a solar eclipse, when the sun and the moon was in Libra. And to explain his life trajectory and the damage that he's made, not only to Israel, but also to the Middle East in general and to the world, he is born on the South Node Eclipse. South Node Eclipse is the worst possible. And, and just to uh, give you a heads up, in, in America, we also have uh, an unfortunate case of Trump, who is uh, born on the eclipse, a, solar, a lunar eclipse in Gemini. So 
you see that we are surrounded this uh, <laughs> this last uh, I don't know in Bibi's case a long time in Trump case like what uh, 10 years that we have to deal with uh, his nonsense and hopefully it's done but God knows uh, it's again eclipse eclipse leaders are unpredictable and they are dangerous to say the least of course now we see it but last night at one o'clock in Israel time a.m. Uh, Netanyahu tweeted uh, an unfortunate tweet that basically said that he has absolutely no responsibility and that he knew nothing about it and that the army didn't tell him anything and that the uh, intelligence didn't tell him anything. He's basically um, a little kid that nobody talks to and nobody tells him anything. But anyway, he tweeted it and he tweeted it in third uh, person, almost as if it's not him writing it, it's somebody else writing about him. It's like Moses wrote the Torah in third person. That's why Spinoza could tell that it's most likely uh, like the same way that it's very clear the sun and the moon that Moses didn't write the Torah. Same thing, yet probably the tweet yesterday was tweeted by his son who lives in Miami and therefore the time difference, you can explain why it was, uh, understand why it was at one o'clock and why he talked in third uh, pe person. And that's a little bit disturbing that the son of the, of the Prime Minister of Israel has access to the official tweeting um, account of the Prime Minister of Israel. But anyway, that was during a, an eclipse and it was during an eclipse, a solar eclipse. But it's interesting because it is done to a person or with a person whose south node is in Libra, which is precisely where we have the south node right now. So he's going through what is called the nodal return. By the way, nodal return happened to you at the age of 19, 18, 19, 36, 38. And then again, 60, 70. Um, it's basically every 19 years you can calculate. So he's going through his nodal return, which is a time of fate. So you can see there's not so much free will, but more fate. But the interesting thing is that after he tweeted it, he got into trouble, obviously. Some people managed to see it. And by the way, a lot of they managed to see that a lot of the uh, likes that he got uh, for that uh, silly tweet was from bots from outside of Israel. You know, so not only not human, but not even at least that they would have been Jewish robots or Israeli robots. They're not even Israeli robots. They're external or uh, extranjeros uh, robots. So it's a good thing he's not hiring an army of aliens to uh, like his tweets. But anyway, that's again an example of a Libra situation when the South Node is in Libra. Because when we're going through South Node in Libra, and we'll see it happening uh, throughout this next year and a half, unfortunately, is that we're kept away, we're kept away from the Libra energy. Libra is not easy for us to access. It's almost as if the roads to Libras are blocked because everybody is asking you or, or the universe is asking you to go to the opposite side to use the roads of Aries. So when the North Node is in Aries, the main focus is I am. That's why we're all becoming very tribal. I don't know if you noticed it, but everybody's uh, getting into sides. You know, they did even a research in Israel or a poll in Israel, how many people are concerned about what's happening uh, in Gaza, children, women, and so forth. And the concern is not as high, maybe, as other places because everybody's getting very tribal right now. So uh, the people who are in demonstrations here in the, in the colleges that are pro-Palestinians, they're not even aware what they're saying when they're saying free Palestine from the river, which is the Jordan, to the sea, which is the Mediterranean which basically means uh, transferring all of the Jews from there, killing them, burning them. I don't know what you want to do with them. But when you say free Palestine from the river to the sea, that's what you're basically saying, eliminating about 8 million people 
uh, getting them out of the out of the way. Now, most of these kids in the university don't even really know what they're talking about. They don't understand history so well, which is kind of strange because it's supposed to be Ivy League schools. They're supposed to be very well educated, but they don't. But anyway, that's part of it. There is no being, it's almost as if it's very difficult for people right now to hold space for the pain of the Israelis and the pain of the Palestinians. If you talk about the pain of the Palestinians, you're immediately being reprimanded for not mentioning the terrible things that Hamas did. If you are paying attention only to um, Gaza, like this free Palestine, they're not even being aware of the terrible pain of the hostages, of the kids that were kidnapped, and of the people that have died, the 1,400 people who died. You're paying attention to those, then you people say, why well, you're not paying attention to 9,000 Palestinians that died, that also half of them may be our children. I don't understand why we can't have both sides of the story, hold space and compassion for both these people or for the whole area in general and for the whole world if this is going to flare. But this is the new moon. This is, sorry, the South Node in Libra. South Node in Libra happens every 19 years. It started in July. It's going to be there until January of 2025, which is a time that is very hard to be diplomatic, very hard to be peaceful, very hard to compromise, very hard to see uh, the other person, very hard to weigh things, very hard to um, experience harmony, because all of those things relate to Libra. And now we are being pushed towards Aries, which is ruled by Mars, the god of war. So again, Mars is ruled by God. Aries is ruled by the God of War. Mars. We are now in Scorpio. The war started in Scorpio when there is this energy of fighting war. That's the aggression of Mars. That is also the ruler of Scorpio. So definitely, this is not an easy time for Libras, and that's why even that indecision of tweeting, not tweeting, tweeting, not tweeting, there is. Um, you know, that energy is really out there. Even now I see on um, Instagram that some people are saying there is no both sides. There is only one Jewish state. Okay, that's precisely what I mean by the South Node in Libra. People are not able to hold space for the suffering of the other side. That's very much the North Node in Aries. It pushes everybody to their tribe. Because that's what Aries is. Aries is a very tribal sign. Don't forget, we're talking about Muhammad, Moses, Christ. There were shepherds. There were people of tribes. And there were people that lived a long time ago. I think it's time for us to kind of move forward. But anyway, that's very much the South Node in Libra. And the thing about the South Node in Libra is that it is not an easy South Node. Because originally, when the Sumerian, the Babylonians created uh, the whole idea of astrology, the North Node in Aries was very sacred for them. Therefore, the South Node in Libra was considered to be a very detriment place for the South Node to be. So now the tail of the dragon is in Libra. It ain't easy. It's basically saying that Libras are uh, designing the underwear of the dragon. Maybe it's not the best uh, example. But anyway, Sunday... Monday, a lot of oppositions. So if your cost, if, if there's a, a easy, I mean, it's very easy for us now to get into fights because we're not stepping in the shoes of other people. We're not holding the camera in the view of another person or the opposite person. So remember that, that there is this trigger that's very easy to get into war, to get into conflict. And our job is to be aware of it. At least if you're getting into conflict, do it while you're aware of what you're doing. That's precisely what I also said uh, about Israel. You want to get into Gaza, destroy Hamas? Great. Hamas is unnecessary. Hamas is a terrible thing, not even to Israeli, to the Palestinians. So you want to get rid of it? Get. 
great, but have a plan. Because again, even if you talk about the North Node in Aries, which is the god of war, there always needs to be a plan when you're going to war and never go to war. That's the doctrine of Aries for revenge. Okay, Scorpio is the sign of vengeance and revenge, but not Aries. So the North Node in Aries means if you go to war, if you go to a conflict, if you go to a fight with your ex, if you're going to a, a fight over custody of your children, whatever it is, do it A, with a plan, and B, without revenge. If you're walking into a war, into conflict with revenge, with the North Node in Aries, it's not the best. You want to do it, wait for the North Node to be in Scorpio. It will take a few more years, but it will eventually get there. Okay, so uh, as you can see, the tension between Venus and Neptune is building up. Uh, Venus is 19 degrees um, Virgo, and it needs to get to 25 degrees Virgo to be opposite to Neptune, who is in Pisces, his own sign. So we have a very strong Neptune energy because Neptune is actually in Pisces. It's been there since 2012. But Venus in Virgo is not having the easiest time. She's going to have an uneasy time for the next two weeks. Now, this is, again, very important because not only we have the south node in Libra, which keeps us away from peace and harmony and um, balance, but we have Venus fallen, which is precisely her ruler. So we have the ruler of Libra that's already having a hard time. He's all, he, Libra is on the floor. They're bleeding. Now Venus, who is the heart of Libra, is uh, even bleeding more because she's fallen. So this will change when Venus moves into Libra, which is going to be in... Let me check to see. But remind me to come back. Yeah, Venus is um, coming out of Libra in November 8. So after November 8... Hopefully, when Venus goes to her own sign, she can start healing a little bit that wounded Libra, and maybe there will be some help. But Venus opposite to Neptune is definitely putting people on a certain pedestal and then seeing them fall down. I know that a lot of people that's happening, especially people that I talk to around me that might have been freedom fighters and civil right movement leaders in the left here in the United States that are feeling very disappointed and feeling like they've been abandoned by the rest of their team, basically, just because it's happening to them. So anyway... This is the Venus in Virgo. That's going to be like that until November 8. Venus opposite to Neptune. Some people we thought are our friends. Some people we thought are allies. We turn out to, they turn out to be not. There is a feeling of escapism. So if some people ghost you much more than normal, don't take it personally. Don't use that Mercury on top of Mars in Scorpio to sting them. Just stay away from them. It's a sign that they're not necessarily what you need to be around right now. Another thing that's happening this week, which is actually pretty positive, is the fact that we have Vesta, the goddess of the hearth, the goddess of tradition, sending beautiful energy to Mars, Mercury, and the sun. This is really good, especially to the sun. And that basically means that you need to go back and connect to some talent or some ability that you might have a, that you think that you carry from tradition. And tradition, I mean, things that was done in the past that you can carry with you and bring with you and actually improve. So it could be a, a traditional way of, I don't know, I'm, I make my own sugarless uh, cookies. They're not very traditional. But, you know, cooking maybe or recipes or playing or doing yoga or um, 
anything that you think that has tradition, and tradition, I'm not talking about conservative um, Christian or Jew. I'm talking about things that were done in the past and proved to be very helpful and are carried from the past into the future. Anything like that, especially if it relates to your feelings, to your emotion, to any forms of transformation, healing, therapy, those things could really work well this week. So look into things you might have done in the past, even in your own history, in your own tradition, and bring it into uh, your life for this next week, especially because the moon is coming closer and closer to Uranus, which means that the moon wants to awaken and awaken a talent. And that's going to happen today, a Sunday, and tomorrow, Monday. So check to see precisely what talent is the moon moving on top of the awakener Uranus opposite to the sun and Mercury and Mars wants to bring into your life. There is going to be some awakening tomorrow, a day after, especially in connection to, again, art, design, money, as well as relationships. On Monday, the moon is passing on top of Uranus. It could be a little bit unpredictable, a little bit crazy. Um, and um, that's just to keep it, uh, just be a little bit more careful with uh, how your emotional expression is around that time. But uh, the moon is also, a, no, actually it's not sending, it's some, that's actually really good. Oh, no, no, the moon is going to do that. So yeah, so the moon on October 30 and 31st, hmm, that's going to be kind of uh, uh, tricky. Because uh, on, I just show a moon. Yeah, the moon on uh, October 30 and 31st is going to be squaring the black moon. This ain't the best. Now, again, because we are in Scorpio and we're going through Halloween, maybe it will make the costumes more scary than they are. Um, maybe people will think that you have uh, that your costume is about being looking uh, you know, looking like a banana, but you really didn't go for a banana look. You looked for something else. So there could be misunderstanding and people projecting some of their uh, doubts about you. But the black moon sending some dark energy to the light moon is very difficult, especially for women, especially with women, and especially with your emotional expression, insecurities. A lot of these things are coming up uh, Monday, especially Tuesday on Halloween, unfortunately. So be extra careful. There might be some... And not very nice things happening in Halloween and uh, trick and treating. I don't know. Uh, maybe, you know, in America, it's very tough with uh, guns. I don't know if there's going to be some other situation where there might be some uh, violence. But just be extra careful on Tuesday. I know it's kind of silly. Yeah, it's Halloween. But the black moon, I've noticed uh, lately, has been acting out very strongly. We talked about the black moon being in the chart of Hamas on top of their moon. Uh, and since then, I've been walking with, uh, I was checking to see much more how the black moon affect us. But this square that is coming Monday and Tuesday with the black moon is not the easiest one. So just be a little bit more careful. The moon on Tuesday is moving into Gemini, which is kind of interesting because Gemini is ruled by Mercury and Mercury is the trickster. And that is the day of trick and treating and treating and tricking. The whole idea behind tricks and tricks and tricks and tricks and uh, tricking my, my tongue is that around that period, we'll talk about it, the Celts um, and some tradition, other tradition as well, even astrology. I mean, astrology have assigned this period of time in the year to be Scorpio associated with witchcraft and magic and occult and the afterlife, right? Scorpio is the ruler of death. And indeed, we always celebrate Halloween, the Day of the Dead, on October 31st to November 2nd. So it is a time that has been associated, especially for the Celts in Western um, Europe, with the veils between the living and dying being very thin. And therefore, we have access to previous lives, um, 
past lives, ancestors. And the idea is that if your ancestors come as spirits, you want to keep the, give them some offering. So the offering is these little plates that you used to put the food that was favorite of the ancestors that parted away. In the, in the past, we believe that our ancestors, our grandfather, great-grandparents, anybody who invested in us, their genetic material and their epigenetic material, they want to make sure they, they stick around to see that we're not making fools of ourselves. And in October 31, it's like their Passover, you know, uh, like their Thanksgiving dinner. They get your treats. And if you don't leave them treats because you have forgotten about your ancestor, they can be pissed off and then start tricking you or cause trouble. So it's kind of like paying them bakshish. It's like being um, making sure that you're giving them a bribe. Here, take some food, don't kill me. Take some food, don't uh, mess around with me. Which is very similar to the season's uh, vibe. If you think about Yom Kippur, it's almost the same thing. In Yom Kippur, we don't eat. Uh, and or there is a, a situation where you are constantly thinking about things that you have done that you regret in order to appease, if it's not God, at your ancestors, whatever, in order to be written in the book of the living. You know, so again, if God decides to not keep you in the book of the living, that uh, Yom Kippur happens in Libra, in Scorpio, the sign of death, you will die. Okay, so that that idea is there very strongly in the ancient world. Now, there is a theory about it that in the Levant or in the Mideast, we really depended on the rains. Obviously, I mean, everywhere on the planet is the same. But because it's we're on the border between desert and being not desert, you know, rain is super important. And there is a term in Hebrew, yoe. Yoe is the first real rain, not like drizzling rain, but real rain. Uh, that was always a sign of celebration because it means the gates have opened. It's not a drought. Water is coming. Life will continue. So that's one of the reasons why even the Celts celebrated their new year in October 31st after the main rains have arrived. Obviously, for most of the Celts, unless they were in Spain, it, there wasn't a problem of rain. But you see the idea that after the harvest and we're done with the last year's work and produce, now we have to think about the new year. Do we have the rain to raise the plants that will come in the spring? So that's one of the reasons why this period is also associated with death, but still water. Scorpio is a water sign. So the moon in Gemini, ruled by Mercury, the trickster, is happening on October 31st. We have a Mercury moving away from Mars, so communication is going to be easier. And Mercury is actually going to be on um, uh, the rest of the week sending beautiful energy to Venus, which actually means that art and communication are mixed together. So if you have a business that has to do with beauty, design, colors, art, law, justice, anything that has to do with a products that you're selling this will be a great time because venus in virgo even though she's not happy she's very much about service and work sending a beautiful sextile to mercury and to mars will be really helpful tuesday wednesday thursday and throughout next week vesta is sending a perfect line in tuesday uh, to the sun which is interesting because halloween is very connected to tradition the tradition of the celts uh, so the fact that we have the uh, the sun sending beautiful trying to a, a Vesta is a great thing. It happens about two times a year, so that's really rare. That's going to happen Tuesday. Again, favoring any kind of connection to tradition in an emotional way. 
On Wednesday, the moon is continuing to be in Gemini and it's sending beautiful energy to uh, Minerva. It's a great day for anything to do with justice, law, relationship, clarity to come from relationship. Because at the same time, Minerva is doing an opposition to another asteroid, which is Chiron, and that is the wounded healer. It can bring old wounds that need to be healed. Uh, at the same time, yeah, the moon is sending beautiful energy to um, a Saturn. That's going to be even stronger in Thursday and Friday. Thursday, Friday, you can get things done. That's going to be a very practical day to uh, allow things to happen. On November 2nd, the moon is moving into Cancer. And on Thursday and Friday, the moon is going to send beautiful energy to the sun, Mars, Mercury, Saturn, Neptune. So we're having a beautiful uh, feminine energy happening on Thursday. Because if you look at it, Vesta and the moon are in conjunction, which is great. It talks about really good things to do about home and family. So if you're looking for some home renovation, buying something for your home, that's a great time. So that's uh, on Thursday. We have Vesta and the moon sending a beautiful trine to the sun, Mars, Mercury. That means emotional satisfaction. Things are going our way. Uh, the moon is sending a sextile to Jupiter. Amazing. So it's really good. And also, we're having um, Uranus still sending a beautiful trine to Venus and Venus sending a beautiful trine to Pluto. So it's kind of a interesting feminine day, like I told you, in the sense of going inward, something good with finance, something good with emotions. If you count all the feminine planets on that day, we actually have all of them. Yeah, Jupiter, Uranus, the moon, Vesta, even the black moon, Venus, uh, uh, the Sun, Mars, Mercury, Pluto, and Saturn. They're all in feminine signs. All of them. Everything is all about air. Yeah, sorry, fire. Oh, my God. Everything is about earth and water. No fire, no air, which is kind of interesting. And on Thursday, Vesta is stationary, and she's going to start going backward. Vesta likes to be in Cancer. Cancer is the sign of home. Vesta is all about the hearth. So definitely, there is a strong positive connection there. So again, anything to do with emotions, practicality, business, uh, connection to family, very, very, very positive energy on Thursday and Friday. And because Vesta is stationary, again, Thursday, Friday, you might even, there might be some synchronicities happen that will allow you to recognize what is the pilot that you're supposed to keep burning for us. Meaning, what is your role uh, in keeping tradition, in keeping the wisdom, keeping the knowledge onward? How are you supposed to be some kind of a library to us? Then things are shifting on, no, no, sorry, on Friday, we still have that full-on feminine energy blast. So Thursday, Friday, only feminine energy, spend time in nature, spend time in water. And Saturday, things are shifting because the moon is moving into uh, Leo. The moon is going to be in Leo on Saturday and Sunday. It's always good to have the moon in Leo in the weekend. Uh, Leo is all about the sun and the sun is children, happiness, creativity, uh, entertainment, performance. It's a pretty happy uh, moon. So uh, the only fact that it's going to be opposite to the Pluto is going to make it a happy minus. But it's getting good energy from um, uh, all around. So that's good. And... The only thing is on Sunday, November 8th, we're going to have the moon and the sun squaring. You know, it happens twice a month approximately. It's the, it's the square. It's the uh, period of the crescent. And it's not always easy. It basically forces you to do things you don't want. You feel like of satisfaction and so forth. So that could be a little bit more a detriment. But there's a beautiful uh, next week also 
trine between Venus and Pluto. We'll talk about it. It's really good for relationships. So that will be for next week. Now, overall, what else? Um, yeah, just a little announcement before we look at um, uh, what I had. Yeah, I think I had a chart of uh, a BP someplace there. Um, the book is out. I know that some of you guys have um, a wrote a review. Thanks a lot. The more review I have, the better it is. So if you got it. And again, uh, we continue with that idea. If you get the hard copy, just email me the address and I'll send you a red string and some uh, a book, author book plate so that you can stick it there if you want to. And a, a little explanation about the red string. So again, if you get my hard copy, just email me and I'll send it to you. And we have one class in LA in person. If you're in LA on November 7th, it's going to be a, a free class. Is it November 7th? November 9, November 9 at 5.30. So it's uh, going to be in West Hollywood. It's a free event. So definitely spread the word. And on November 30th at 10 a.m. Los Angeles time, we're going to have the first class on 2024 as a webinar. So Halloween. So let's talk a little bit about Halloween since this is the week of Halloween. Like I told you, traditionally speaking, this is a time in the year where we are very liminal. Liminal basically means that we're in between. You know, Scorpio is a water sign. It's feminine, but it's ruled by Mars, the god of war, which is very masculine. Uh, we're moving from fall into uh, winter. Uh, the living and the dead, masculine and feminine. It's uh, uh, the underworld, because Scorpio is ruled by Pluto, and the upper world. So what's happening in Scorpio is a sign of transition. That's why it's called the sign of transformation, and that's why it's the only sign that is ruled by three creatures, the Scorpio that stings without a reason, the serpent that can heal but also kill, and the phoenix or the eagle that is the most powerful entity of the zodiac. So when people ask me what is the best sign, it's Scorpio. What is the worst sign, it's Scorpio. So that's why Scorpio has the capacity to reincarnate without dying. So most scholars agree that Halloween originated about 2,000 years ago at the beginning of the age of Pisces, obviously, uh, when Celtic people in Europe started celebrating the end of the harvest and the start of the new year. Now, it's kind of interesting because if you think about it, around 43 CE is when Julius Caesar conquered the Celts. So I wonder if it is connected that the celebration of Halloween became even more strong after the Celts lost their independence and lost their land, because that happens a lot. If you think about the origin of Judaism, it was not like people think uh, when the Bible was written 2,500 or compiled 2,500 years ago, but actually after the destruction of the Second Temple in 70 CE is when Judaism really structured itself because Jerusalem was gone, there was no more... Um, sacrifices done so the whole concept of synagogues and yeshivas and all that stuff <clears throat> the talmud started evolving that's when judaism really began so the judaism we know today because the judaism in the bible did believe in goddesses and all that kind of stuff they don't tell you that the rabbis because they're embarrassed but that's the truth so the real judaism that we know not the real one but the one that we know today with all the mitzvahs and all that that started much more 2000 years ago right when the romans conquered it so there could be a situation where halloween became more pronounced because they lost their land so the celts believed that the spiritual communication uh, on shamhain shamhain is the name that they uh, call this holiday 
um, made it easier for the Druids, which were the priests of the Celts, to predict the future. Again, because Scorpio is the time of magic. So Scorpio <clears throat> is the time that we are connecting much more to our powers because Pluto is power. So again, during this period, you can see the future. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that you're going to sit there and psychically know what's going on. You're going to be able to uh, sit with yourself and decide what is it I want from my future. What do I see for my future, if that makes sense? Because Scorpio is the sign of transformation. You can see something you don't like and transform it. But the idea that because Scorpio is the veils between the living and the dead are very thin, therefore the, the, the veils between the past and the present, the past and the future are very, very, very thin. So again, it's a time where you can predict or see the future. 43, the Romans, Caesar conquered uh, the Celts and brought their holidays with them. That's one of the Romans, uh, why the Roman Empire could last for so long. It assimilated a lot of the knowledge from the people that it conquered, including the Celts, including, by the way, later on the Christians. Obviously, 313, Constantine changes uh, his religion. So, 43, they bring these holidays with them and they call it Feralia. And Feralia was uh, the October celebration, which basically commemorates the passing of the dead. So basically they copy-pasted it. It's okay because later on Christianity copy-pasted some of the holidays of the Romans. Everybody does that. Another holiday, Pomona, uh, honored the Roman goddess of fruits and trees. Um, there's one reason people often eat apples during Halloween parties. It's a leftover from the time of Pomona. By around 1000 CE, yeah, around 1000 CE, All Souls Days on November 2nd served as the time for the living to pray for the soul of the dead. All Saints Day, All Hallows honored the saint of November 1st. That made October 31st All Hallow Eve, which later became Halloween. But that's kind of a regression. You know, it's like reverse engineering. Uh, the, the early Christian had to kind of get into Halloween somehow. So they started going backward until they got to 31st is the uh, Hallow Eve. That's definitely mythological reverse engineering. The pumpkin day. So it's kind of interesting because uh, Scorpio, one of the uh, symbols of Halloween is the orange pumpkin because it's the zygaste. It's the spirit of the time. It's very orangey. Everything around us is orangey. If you are in a place with foliage, that green trees are transforming into orange and then red and then they die. So orange has been associated with magic. If you think about the old stories of uh, the Beauty and the Beast, the beast palace, after he was um, uh, enchanted, was surrounded with a grove of oranges because for uh, the ancient world, orange was magic. Uh, even the plant, I mean, the, the fruit of orange, the citrus. So around the 1700s and the 1800s, uh, unmarried women used to perform a ritual in hope of finding a husband. So single ladies used to throw apple peels. They used to eat the apple. Apple is associated with Venus. And they used to take the peels out throw it back, and then look to see if there's any uh, initial shapes in the, in the peels, the way they fell, because that could be clues about the initial of their future husband. So if they saw something that looks like an A, maybe it was an Adam, or maybe it looks like a D, maybe it is a David. So again, if you want to try to find yourself a husband on Halloween, eat some apples, peel them off, Throw the pills off and try to learn to see if there is any help. And then if you get the letters, maybe you can start Googling who is available, the right age, and look at images, and maybe you can find yours. Again, 
apple in honey for Halloween, for um, uh, Rosh Hashanah and the eating of the apples in memory of uh, Venus during a month after in Halloween. Um, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, this is, for example, the chart of Bibi. As you can see, he has quite a lot of Libra, the Sun in Libra, Moon in Libra, Neptune in Libra, Mercury in Libra, Minerva in Libra. And Neptune is sitting on top of the South Node, which is kind of interesting because if he would come to me to a reading, South Node always represents what you need to get rid of. Neptune is religion and blind faith and escapism. Um, and that's one of the things that the chart told him to get rid of. Unfortunately, he uh, didn't listen. I don't know if anybody of there is astrologers or if he even knows astrologers. But anyway, that's part of it. And also, it's interesting to look at his chart. Hamas might have the black moon on top of the, their moon. Bibi has the black moon opposite to his light moon. So it's um, the good mother, bad mother, good people, bad people. Uh, maybe that's one of the reasons why he became powerful or became famous for divide and conquer technique, that he divides everybody. He divided the, uh, uh, the Hamas with the Palestinian authorities. He uh, Just a few days ago, when he was supposed to eventually, after so many weeks, talk to the uh, families of the people that were kidnapped and the hostages, he divided them also because everything he divides, again, South Node in Libra, to those that follow him and those that didn't follow him and the parents or the family members that did follow him or that admire him. He went there with uh, the press and to the people he didn't. He basically just went there without the press. It's very much uh, the South Node in Libra. But anyway, he has his South Node in Libra. He's going through a nodal return. Started in July. It's going to end in April, in January, hopefully with him out of the government, and hopefully before, for not only the sake of Israel, but for the sake of Palestine and the sake of the world. But anyway, you can see very clearly the South Node sitting on top of his moon, on top of his sun, and why it is so intense. So then I thought, okay, what happened to him last time that... Um, a, the south node returned to the place it was when he was born and woe well, it behold it was 2005 it, the time where he leaves the government and that's also he leaves the government supposedly because israel disengaged from gaza which started the whole mess that we're now in and 2006 remember the south node in libra was last time 2005 2006 2005 he leaves the government 2006 to 2009 he becomes the leader of the opposition so hopefully this will happen again and that he will be living and maybe become the leader of the opposition or no leader at all. Because again, South Node in Libra returns every 19 years. So I wish you an amazing Halloween and I hope that um, even if you don't celebrate Halloween, maybe you can wear something funny and at least... Um, uh, Help some people tap into this liminal age, the time where masculine and feminine and above and below and the future and the past are mixing and um, a war and peace are mixing. So hopefully peace can mix a little bit more um, into it. Somebody asked me about the recipe for the sugarless cookies. Now, I don't know, maybe they're not as good because I'm the only one that eats them. So it's very, very tough for me to... Uh, to sell to tell but what i'm doing basically is taking a lot of almond uh, um, almond flour oats and then i put dates i kind of cut them with a uh, scissor i know it's a little bit cheating because the dates do have sugar but it's it's sugar of the desert it's blessed and then you put some almond butter and uh, what else do i put there um, yeah you have to put 
baking powder and that's it you just put them in there for 15 minutes and ah cashew i put a lot of cashews so uh, thanks a lot and have a uh, don't take cooking uh, uh advice from me please i mean jeez there's one thing you definitely should not is follow my cooking uh, because it, you won't go anywhere i don't cook so anyway have a great week uh, have an amazing halloween go treat and trick and trick and treat and um, i'll see you next week with the help of the good lord <laughs>